Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. Hi, Chi. I'm going to welcome you to our show today. I just want to get some information about who you are, how you came to be, talk about what you've done, how your life has been impacted and you've changed, and um, you know, hopefully tell everybody else how they can do it too and be there to authentic self. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a really great experience to always challenge yourself and push you out of your comfort zone. I've spent 30 years in my comfort zone. So I think that every opportunity to branch out from that is a tremendous experience. And I'm flattered and I'm honored that you would even consider having me here because something that I never thought someone would ask me to do, let alone that I would say yes. So it's been great. Awesome. So what people don't know is I just met Chi. And the reason why I wanted to ask him to come on the show is because he just did this major thing, stepping out of his comfort zone and really was honoring his authentic self. So instead of me telling the story, how about Chi, you tell the story? Yeah, um, we just met at the Oneness Festival. That was an event with something like 80 speakers and it was 72 hours straight online with all these different topics from health and body to business and finance to figuring out how to impact humanity in a positive way or to figure out your own mindset. And it was kind of a natural step for me in this progression. Starting out, I think I'll go back to my childhood. When I was growing up, I was always very, very shy and reserved. I think it might have to do with my upbringing, maybe some of the Asian culture and the way that you're expected to not necessarily be super emotional all the time. And you're expected to perform really well with your grades and things like that. So I kind of grew up fitting into stereotypes, stereotypes of that really quiet, passive Asian kid that would be good academically, take piano lessons and do all that. Never really express themselves, kind of be reserved. And that's how I was. Didn't break a lot of rules, didn't try a lot of things. I was scared to climb trees. I didn't want to play in the mud. I didn't even want to finger paint. And to this day, I've never even had any face paint on my face. I've just never been comfortable with things like that. And um, it got to the point where I guess my mother passing away in high school was a big thing. She had breast cancer and she passed away my senior year. After that, it was hard because you don't have your number one confidant your, your number one source of inspiration and guidance and direction. And then you are leaving home, going to live in your dorm in college, and you're just out there. You're out there in the world, and you've got to figure out who you are and what the heck you're doing and where you're going to go. And that journey has been tough. You know, it started out with going with friends to any kind of events that I'd be invited to. If they were religious events from different churches, I grew up not being religious. So I'd go and check it out and see what resonated. I've been to, over the years, Muslim masjids, Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Halls, Protestant and uh, Catholic, and I went to Buddhist temple, just trying all these different things, just see what's out there and try to find answers. Over time, I've gradually started figuring some things out and pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I felt like it's just been about that journey, meeting new people, hearing their stories, 
wanting to travel the world. I used to want to travel the world to see sites, landmarks, and things like that. Now I just want to travel the world so I can look for universal human truths. I want to know what is it about human beings that's inherent to our nature and what's unique to me. And I think that's really important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, for my listeners, the last two podcasts were actually talking about the different Tantra festivals that were coming up. So that is where I actually met. She was in our last one. And that was really exciting for me. The reason why I invited you to be able to talk is because I saw this amazing display from you of you coming into a different aspect of yourself that's you didn't really fully express yourself in before. And to me, that's amazing, awesome energy that everybody has access to, but it's a risk. It's a step that we haven't taken before. And for whatever reason, when we get to that point in time where it's like, yes, I'm going to do this. What was the thing for you that clicked that was like, I'm going to do this? Or can you even pinpoint it and be like, this is what it was? Can you describe that so people can recognize it and understand that anxiety and fear and all of that is part of the process? Yeah, I think that um, it came to the point where I had to decide what I valued in the world and what I believe in. After all those journeys, trying to figure out what to believe in, I finally came across something that resonated. There was this song that just resonated with everything that I believe more than anything I'd ever heard in my life. Any religious experience that I had and any secular experience that I had, none of this knowledge resonated with me. Nobody seemed to be saying something that made sense to me the same way as this rap song. So I went online, there's this website called Genius, and you can look up the significance of lyrics. I wanted to study more about this song since it made so much sense to me. And the song was called Here For You by a rapper named Idea, E-Y-E-D-E-A. When I was researching that, it said that he was inspired by the works of uh, one Jidu Krishnamurti. No idea who that was, did a little bit of research. And something resonated with me when I saw that. He talked about how there are these different evolutions that humanity goes through. And once we go through one of these evolutions, we kind of just rotate around you know, on a flat circle and don't really have a lot of progress for a while until we hit the next one, right? He believed that the key to hitting that next level of human evolution could not come from any religious, political, social, or economic movement, but instead came from knowledge of self. If every person could go out there and have true, deep, meaningful knowledge of self, then that would enact the change that we need to see in the world. So I've been out there trying to learn these things and figure out myself. And I realized that the self that I have been showing the world has never been my authentic self. I think that's why there's so much lack of confidence. I've really struggled with confidence my entire life. And I've struggled with expressing myself and putting myself out there. I realized that we have to be willing to take some risks to be ourselves and feel what that feels like to know if that is ourselves, right? We have to try things and see how it makes us feel to know if we're on the right path. So I started doing things, things that I always wanted to do, but never did. I started looking for friends that actually love the hip hop music that I love. I never had any. I started looking and I started realizing, wow, there's a lot of talent around me. There's a lot of people that have this passion but they're all operating separately. And if they could come together, then we could raise the tide. And when the tide rises, it raises all ships. And finally, there's gotta be a market for intelligent music out there, but 
if we work together, people will see it. So for the last couple of years, I've been working on a project to try to build community within the hip hop community and have artists work together, share their knowledge about how to promote and how to be discovered and who can make beats and who can make videos and who can do all these things. And it was really hard. I tried to make an Instagram and I thought that would build community. It turned out to me just being an advertisement bot. I felt like I was just reposting things and nobody cared. So I spiraled in this sort of depression. While I was building this, I didn't believe in just doing the normal Instagram stuff where you just follow a bunch of people. I wanted it to be real people that would create real interaction and build a real community. So I went to every event that I could. And the shy, quiet guy that could never have the guts to go up to people and talk to them because they always wondered, why is this guy talking to me? Like, he looks weird. He doesn't look hip hop. He looks like a dork. He looks like this or whatever. Is he hitting on me? Like, there's all these questions that would run through my head that would prevent me from even talking to people and making friends. Friends that shared a common passion. Like, I already knew that and I still couldn't talk to them. So now I had a reason. I could tell them, hey, check out this thing I'm doing. And then that was the icebreaker. And it was a great way for me to break out of my comfort zone, start to develop myself, start to become social, start to try to build these connections. Then unfortunately, I felt like it didn't work. Then I went down for a while, right? And went into this kind of period where I felt like everything I'd done had amounted to nothing. And that all the things that I believed about myself, that I was not charismatic, that I was awkward socially, or all these other things, I'm not cool enough, I don't have street cred, whatever it is, all these things came back. I sat with them for a long, long time, just like I'm sure a lot of people do, you know, when we have these limiting beliefs, they can be very crippling, it can take years before you rise out of them. But then things started happening that showed I did build community. All of a sudden, people contacted me with ideas saying, hey, you know a lot of different people because of your time trying to build that platform. Can you help me find people to do this idea or put together this show? And I was like, yeah, I can help you with that. And some of them started happening. We started actually having things that were events that people went to. That was really amazing. It was just that little bit of validation. I feel like like, it's like Newton says, right? An object at rest remains at rest, but an object in motion remains in motion. So after being at rest for so long, I didn't know how to jumpstart my own motivation. But this little bit of validation here or there was incredibly pivotal. And that's all it took. Now, all of a sudden, I started thinking, I am doing something. I can do something. But if I'm going to keep building the community that I want. If I want to have the impact that I desire, I need to be better. And I know that I can be better if I can learn to love myself, if I can learn that it doesn't matter if I'm not perfect, that people will still see the intent, they'll still see the passion, and they'll still see me. So I went to this festival to learn how to do that. I wanted to explore what are all the things that I never gave a chance because somebody out there says that they don't work. The funniest thing is that all my life, I've heard relatives and all these other people in society making fun of chiropractors. A lot of people say, oh yeah, chiropractors, that's not a doctor. It's just some mumbo jumbo. It's not real. The most profound speech that I heard the entire time was from a chiropractor talking about the energetics of consciousness for the next tier of humanity. And that's what it was interesting to me. Hearing that next tier of humanity, I was like, oh yeah, I believe in that.
I want to go see what this is about. And his name was uh, Donnie Epstein. He gave the most transformative speech I've ever heard. And it was transformative in the fact that all the things that I try to piece together by myself on my journey these last 20 years, trying to figure out the world and how it works and the nature of human beings and the nature of the universe. He basically said everything that I figured out, but he said it in a much more eloquent way than it even forms in my brain. So he was able to take all these notions, these pieces that were just bouncing around in my head, not connecting, and he just built the puzzle for me right in front of me. And I saw, wow, I'm not crazy. I was on to something. And now I can see the picture. And that allowed me to start doing things I wasn't doing. Always been so insecure about my appearance. You read things about how Asian men are the least desirable men. And they backed it up by all these studies and surveys and things like that. Never liked my nose. Thought it was too flat and too wide. Never liked my lips. Thought they were too big. Never had good complexion. Lots of pimples in high school. All these different things. So in this Zoom conference, I started out with my camera off. I thought people are not going to take me seriously. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to want to connect with me if they saw who I really am. After that workshop, I didn't feel that way anymore. You know, I started seeing that it's true. Everybody has their own narrative going on in their head about themselves. And even the person that you think is most perfect probably feels the same way you did. They just were able to conquer it and move forward. So why don't you go out there, own it, and move forward? And that's when I decided I wanted to connect with more of these people. I wanted to be able to talk about this workshop and process the information further and see if other people were feeling the same things that I was. I decided to use a platform that I learned through this hip hop. We started started using this program called Discord to try to connect people. I don't really know how to use it. Somebody else runs the Discord for the hip hop project that I'm involved with, but I know enough and I know about the potential for people to be able to post messages, share links, have video chat and all these different things. I thought, what if this existed for people that I want to have a conversation with? These types of conversations that I don't know how to have on a regular daily basis with random strangers anywhere that I might meet. What if I tried to connect some of the people that are here and at least I know that they're like-minded enough that they probably won't 100% reject the things that I'm trying to say or talk about. So it seemed a little bit safer, but it was still terrifying as all heck. Yeah. So what did you do? So I sent out a message in the middle of one of these chats and I talked about how I didn't normally have my camera on. First of all, I was doing that to try to encourage other people. Looking in each conference, I was very surprised that very, very few people had their cameras on. And I thought, well, if I've conquered this, maybe I can help somebody else too. So I, I was typing my story in the chat. I think it was a workshop that had to deal with how do you face rejection? So I thought, oh, if they're in here, they have the same feelings I have. They're also insecure about some aspect of themselves. And it makes sense that all these cameras are off in here, except for a couple people. I decided to put that out there to share my success story, hoping that it would resonate with them. It didn't really. <laughs> people didn't really turn their cameras on. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't impactful for people. It might have okay. just been their first awareness of like, huh, somebody did this and you could have planted the seed. So you don't know if three workshops yeah. later, they were like, okay, I'm going to turn my camera on and point it at the ceiling <laughs> or... <laughs> 
That's you know, true. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, what was great was I didn't attach myself to the result. Mm -hmm. I have this tendency to attach myself to the result of things. For example, if I went to some bar and they're having a hip hop night and I go up to some people and I'm doing great, I'm telling people about my idea, people are joining, awesome. And then I get one person that looks at me funny and is like, yeah, no thanks my energy was dead like i could not do it again i that my night was done i just became this like sad sack that just hung around in the corner for the rest of the time but for the first time now and i think this is one of the biggest things to trying to be your authentic self is you have to be able to find a way to detach yourself from the expectation or the desire so i had this desire to help other people turn the cameras on it didn't matter if they didn't, right? And then when I started putting out the Discord, I put it in the chat and I tried to pitch it to them saying, hey, this is a way that we can connect and we can continue to have discussions and keep in touch and it's going to be amazing. I didn't get a lot of results. In various workshops, I would say over 200 people read these messages. End of the festival, I got 10 people. 10 people that join the Discord. A part of me, the part of me that grew up expecting you need to be in the 99th percentile on standardized tests. Anything under 90%, you fail. There's a part of my brain that's just hardwired like that. Anything under 90% is unacceptable. Well, we're talking about 5% success rate here. Okay? In the past, that would have been crippling for me. But now it feels like a tremendous success to even get one person to have one person buy into this idea. Yeah. One thing I want to point out, though, is that in a way that can be perceived as very risky for you to do that because you were just an attendee in a workshop, essentially pitching the other people that were attending for your thing in somebody else's workshop. So yeah. that in itself, maybe people were prepared to hear that. Maybe they didn't know what to do with that. And then of course, things being on Zoom, when you're out of the call, that's it. It's not like you just were able to, you know, oh, hold on a second. I forgot. What was that message? The chat is gone. You yeah. don't have access to it anymore. And maybe if it's going by so fast, because some of the calls, there's so many people, depending on the presenter, there's just, oh my gosh, there's this, there's this. Tech support is telling you, hey, if you need help with this, contact us here. There's emotional support that's like, hey, if something's coming up for you, contact us here. So there's like a lot of stimuli coming from multiple directions. And so there are tons of factors that contribute to what's going on. And like you said, how many of the people were people that were you six months ago? You know what I mean? They hadn't even gotten to that point yet. And you were just sparking it for them where then maybe in the future, they're like, well, damn, I remember being in this workshop where some guy put this thing that he created. I wonder if I can remember who that was or figure it out or reach out or damn, do it myself or you know what I mean? So there's always ways that we impact people and we never know like we never know yeah that's true you know? and I, I appreciate you saying that because that's very um uplifting and i think that something that's important for all of us to remember is that we might be having those effects all the time and i think we beat ourselves up a lot probably for things that we might have been successful in achieving our goal for and we just don't know what's in the other person's mind we don't know what's in the future so yeah, it's been a, a great journey, but 
I feel like now I don't have everything mapped out, but I feel like I have a compass how to be my authentic self. Some of the other things that have been helping out is that I wanted to give myself permission to change. And part of the difficulty in that is that I heard once that we don't act the way we are around people, but we also don't act the way that they think we are. I heard that we often act the way that we think people think we are. So we kind of project our expectation of a person and then manifest that our own projection. So that's why people might act differently around their parents. Every time they're around their parents, they think, oh, what do my parents think I'm like? And then they become that. And then when they go to a certain group of friends, their wild group of friends, they might say, oh, what do this group of friends think I'm like? And then they start acting that way to fulfill the expectation. I think whether or not that's true about people in general, I don't know. But I think that was true about me. I think I would change the way that I acted a lot to match what do I think these people want me to be or what do I think they think I'm like and I wanted to have permission to change that it was really hard because I didn't want them to say why are you acting like this this isn't what you're like you know why are you being loud why are you being outspoken why are you dancing you're not somebody who dances or things like that so to give myself training wheels and also a constant reminder kind of like a sticky note that you put up or tie a string around your finger or something like that, but you could take it everywhere. I gave myself permission to change the way I look. And in some ways that confronted sort of limiting beliefs. Growing up, I had thoughts that boys should not have long hair. It was a limiting belief. I had a belief that I am not capable of growing facial hair and that any attempt to grow facial hair looks like a junior high school kid. Not a good thing. I confronted those beliefs and my desire to look a certain way or be afraid to look different. And during this journey of personal growth and during the pandemic, it kind of coincided since the hair cut places were closed, barbershops were closed for a while. I decided to just let myself keep growing my hair and let myself grow facial hair. And if people saw me acting differently, they wouldn't be shocked because they see me looking differently. So it's sort of a permission to myself to change. Yeah, quite honestly, that makes a lot of sense. And even if you go back to what you were saying about performing to the expectations of somebody in your environment, well, now they're going to look at you and be like, oh, you know, maybe their expectations are going to be like, oh, wow, this guy's got long hair. He's maybe kind of chill or he's maybe kind of fun or like, oh, uh, you guys can't see him right now. But like, oh, he's got this mustache going on. Oh, he's got a goatee going on. Like, oh, maybe he's like really chill, fun. So what you were saying before about changing the way that you were perceived, which then allows permission for people to have different expectations of your behavior which then allows you to then provide your persona in a different way that totally makes a lot of sense. I, I see that. I feel that breaking out of those stereotypes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been really big for me. And it's a constant reminder for me too, because every time I see myself, I see somebody different. So it's even more important than other people's way of seeing me. All that really matters is the way you see yourself. That matters more than anything else, right? You can control the narrative. You just have to make sure that you know the narrative. So I think that was the biggest thing. More than helping other people to say, oh yeah, this person might be chill. I'm going to go talk to him. I think it's more important that I knew I'm chill. I can adapt to 
situations. I can put myself out there. I can try to make jokes. If they don't land, that can be part of my persona too. You know, it's, it's fine. Nice. So what is your biggest takeaway on this whole transformation, this whole stepping into your own and relaxing more into allowing yourself to be you instead of fulfilling these expectations of massive proportion of somebody that you didn't really sound like you connected with? I could go off on this tangent for a while, but I have this kind of a notion about the nature of all of existence and I'm temporarily calling it pendulum theory but basically all it is is that everything works with ins and outs basically whether it's the tides or breathing or anything even things that are cyclical they're from a certain point of view they're moving in and then they're moving back out so I think that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and what I equate that to is being on a playground swing, okay? When we are young, we have amazing hopes and ambitions, and we pull back on them really, really hard. When we hop onto a swing, we want to swing as high as we can. We want to swing to the sky. We want to swing to the moon. We want to swing all the way around, so we wrap around and completely go upside down on the swing. But the harder that you hope for every action, the much as we pull back with positive energy, we risk feeling the negative that comes with it. So when you're trying to swing really high, you'll fall off harder. You might break some bones. And life does that to us. First time we think we're going to get a job, or we're going to run for student government or whatever it is. And then we get shot down the first time we ask somebody to do a dance or whatever it is. We have really big hopes. Next time to protect ourselves from the pain, we hope a little bit less. We hope a little bit less. And then now I think the reason why there's so much unhappiness in the world, even though our quality of life is really the greatest that it's ever been in the history of humanity, is the fact that I think we've kind of gotten off the swing. You find most people, by the time they are 40 years old and there's a playground and there's a swing we probably don't even get on the swing and that's true for a lot of our dreams we don't even get on the quest for the dream because we've experienced so much pain breaking our arm on other swings and things like that that we want to protect ourselves i think this journey has taken me from somebody who protected himself all his life and didn't ever really get on the swing i never really swung that high when i was a kid i was scared it's allowed me to start living the way we're meant to live again. I think that as much as it hurts, the times where we feel the greatest pain and times where we feel the greatest joy are the times where we feel most alive. It differentiates us from inanimate objects. I've learned pain is not the opposite of happiness. Sadness is not the opposite. They're all part of the same picture. When the stars shine, they shine the brightest when it's the darkest. I've learned to make peace with the failure, make peace with the rejection, not just peace, but to start to love them because they enable the light. And now being my authentic self, and starting to take these risks, I'm starting to live life with outrageously high hopes and ambitions. I'm starting to swing again. And it's enthralling, really. There's so much excitement and there's so much fun. And even when you do hit the bumps in the road, at least they keep things interesting. And then you get to be creative and try to problem solve and come up with something new. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is that when we are living our authentic selves, when we are not afraid, it allows us to swing. It allows us to reconnect with who we 
were meant to be and what we're really passionate about and gives us the strength to take these risks, to maybe hurt ourselves, but here's where I'm so passionate about building community. If we're all swinging, eventually we're going to hit our highs and eventually we hit our lows. If we can be surrounded by people who inspire us and can encourage us and share advice and wisdom with us when we are hurt, then we can get back on the swing, swing even higher. When we hit our highs and now we're empowered, like right now I do feel empowered. I feel like I can motivate people. I feel like I can inspire people. Then we'll be there to pick you up and get you swinging again. And that's my objective now. My objective is to build these communities so that we have a playground, that we turn the earth into our playground and we make it safe for all of us to swing. Because when we fall, we know somebody's going to help us get back up. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome insight. So what is your best advice on how to get started? I think the best way to get started is to look around you for things that amaze you. I think we need to start seeing the wonder in the world. I think one thing that's really true is that we are not separate from the world that surrounds us. We have this ego that believes it's separate. We don't think we are everything else. But when you learn about the outside world, I found that it reveals things about my inner self. And the more I reflect on my inner self, the more I find that it's true about the world around me. So if we can find things in the world that truly amaze us and inspire us, we'll have a fire that's lit inside ourselves to become something that amazes and inspires as well. When we see it around us, we know we can create it within us. We know it's a possibility. It exists. It was created by a person that's not so different than I am. We all have 100 billion plus neurons. There's not so much different between the things that inspire me and the things that are within myself, except for hard work, passion, and grit. If I can get the hard work and the grit, I can fulfill my passions. And so can you. Yeah. And actually, that's something that I was hugely reminded of. I had a big takeaway. What seems to me to be that kind of a concept is that I am incredibly excited when I see myself reflected in somebody else and they witness themselves in me. And we have that synergy of awareness of like, we're the same and we both know it and it's fucking awesome. And that is just amazing. And especially when I'm just being me and oh my gosh, you're just like me. And oh my gosh, is there any other kind of acceptance in the world of finding somebody that resonates exactly as you are? That was a huge thing. I recognize the amazing excitement of this aspect of me that I love. That was amazing. But I also recognize this other aspect of me that I wasn't so happy about. So I do honor and respect that I was able to see that and witness that. It's a bit humbling. And then it's a call to action. If I don't like it, what am I going to do about it to change it in myself? That's part of this whole journey is what you just described. That is the best feeling. When you can find somebody who resonates on the same frequency as you, somebody who shares ideas that show, hey, I'm not not a weirdo that's coming up with crazy stuff that nobody's going to listen to or believe. There's somebody out here that believes it. That's amazing. And the only way we're going to know that is if we start putting ourselves out there, right? If we can be our authentic selves. Yeah, that's been a big part of my journey is just putting myself out there a little bit more and then starting to find those people. And that like you said, is 
the best feeling when you find somebody that shows, hey, I'm thinking the same way you are. You're not alone. You're not some weirdo who's lost his mind. There's other people out here who see the same thing you do. It's real. It's valid. That is so powerful. And that was a big part of this journey. And it only occurs once you're putting your authentic self out there because nobody knows that you're like them if you don't show it. So the more you can show your authentic self, then somebody is like, hey, that's exactly like what I think. I'm going to go up there and talk to them and say, wow, you have so much courage. You put that out there, but I'm exactly like you. That only occurs if you take that risk. I think that's a great motivator for anybody else who's caught in that loop. You're just circling around, repeating the same mistakes, repeating the same patterns in your life. You can break free from it and create these opportunities. And once you do, you'll find the other people that are on that same mission. And that's amazing. You were also talking about putting forth all this effort and it didn't seem like anything was happening. So it seems like, oh my gosh, there's this big failure, which whenever anybody is starting a business or doing a project or even all of these festivals, there's a lot of energy that comes in at the beginning. There's a lot of work that's required that'll get you to that point where you're at that midpoint where it's just, okay, now the momentum can carry you through. Because if you don't put forth the effort to create the momentum, then you're not going to be able to say like jump on the boat and let the waters carry you. The picture that came to my mind was, okay, so if we get on this swing, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but whenever I get on a swing, which sometimes I still do, but my hips are kind of wider than the swing allows. So... That's, you know, a reason why I don't use the swing as much, but I never sat down on a swing and went forward. Never. I don't know if other people know how to do it, but I never was able to do that. To me, I always had to sit on the swing, stand up. So like stand my ground, be like, this is where I am. And then I had to go backwards. And then I let go. I took my feet off the ground and then I went forward. And it was only by going backwards first that I was able to go forward. And then, yeah, going forward then I'm going to go backwards. But going backwards is what I needed to do in order to be able to create that speed again, to have that pendulum, like you're saying, to be able to go back and forth. And each time that I went back, I wanted to go back a little bit further. So that way, when I went forward, I could stretch my legs to try to be like, you know, moving forward to try to get a little bit higher. And I knew that I had to yank my legs back so hard and fast to be able to go back even harder. And every time I went back further, it was like more motivation to go forward again. And so like you said, you can't just breathe out and 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 breathe out, you know, whatever, like eventually our body's going to jump in there and be like, okay, stop, breathe in. We can't just always go one way without being able to retract and go back and have that dynamic aspect of life where it's give and take. I thought that was an awesome, perfect example of being able to show momentum and change and all of that. So yeah, I thought that was a really, a really yeah, good that's, example. That's exactly it. And I think one of the things that's really, really important is for us to give ourselves not just permission to move backwards or what we think is a step back, but to also embrace it. It reminds me of during the search, I'm taking in information from every source I can get. And one of the people that I've been getting a lot of ideas from is Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about how he wants people to sell their house 
or do all these other things that look like a step back to society in order to move their business or their career forward. A lot of the times it requires something like that. But he says a lot of people won't do it. We're so concerned about how we look like, well, what's it going to look like to my parents or to my neighbors or to my friends or whoever it is if they see, oh, you had to sell your house and go back to renting? What's wrong? Are you okay? There's all these different things whenever we take a step back where even if they aren't feeling that way, we project that they are. And then that's just as valid. So either we are, as a society, we're so concerned with moving forward all the time that we're always afraid, who's going to judge us if I take a step back? What if I quit this job and I don't work for a few months just to get my life back in order? A lot of people feel so much guilt for that. But a lot of the times that's what you need to move forward with your next project, with your next idea. Before I reach the point that I'm at right now, I think I was moving backwards for one to two years where I really, really stopped doing my projects. I was lying around in bed a lot without even enough energy to watch TV some days, to be honest. It was that bad. That's a necessary part of it. Another thing that I think is important about this is it can help us deal with our pain and our trauma. This realization that all energy, we are the ones that label it as positive or negative, but energy is energy. So when we have things that scar us and cause us great, 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 great pain, that is energy pulling back on the swing. And the stronger it can be, it can become like a catapult. It can become like a slingshot. It can become whatever it is. When we are ready, when we are able to process it and use it to do what Tony Robbins says, the purpose of pain is not to make us suffer, but to move us into action. When we have processed our pain, and all the terrible things that have happened to us, we can take that energy we have stockpiled, we pulled so far back on that swing that once we let it go and we take that energy and transform it into something that can move forward, you will be able to shoot up way higher, way faster than anyone that never went through that. And that's why throughout history, the greatest minds, whether they're creators like Edgar Allan Poe, wow, that's a lot of pain. His life is literally as tragic as it comes. And what did he do with it? He became one of the greatest authors of all time. And you see that with everyone, even Steve Jobs, you see how troubled he was, terrible relationship with his family and all these other things. There are all these bad things about him. But without those bad things, he would never become the visionary that has revolutionized technology. Whether it's Van Gogh, you don't cut off your own year for nothing, that's pulling back on your swing. And that's allowing you to create this greatness. A lot of the times we feel like there's something wrong with us because we are going through things. We feel like we're cursed. We feel like we can't. But the people that have gone through the most, if you can transcend that and take that energy and move it forward, you will go farther than anyone else. And that's how this pendulum theory works. Yeah, that's awesome. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed being able to talk with you and for you to be able to give all of this amazing information that you just realized, discovered, and did something with. Before we go though, can you direct us? I'm going to put it in the notes, but can you tell us how do we find you? Is there a way that we can connect to you on Discord? Like what if somebody's got this amazing idea that they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're the person that I've been trying to find. Here's my sign. Is there a way for anybody to reach out to you to find you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So this Discord that we've just created, it's a baby and I'm looking for people to collaborate with me because it's not my Discord, it's about community. And the idea behind that, uh, I came up with it literally during Dr. Epstein's workshop at the Oneness Festival, is it's called us. That's the idea of oneness. We are not separate individuals. It's not about any one person. It's about all of us. So if anybody wants to be a moderator or contribute in any way, greatest thing about Discord is it has like a zoom room except it's open 24 7 so you can just hop in that room sit there and wait somebody else hopefully will look and see hey there's somebody in this chat room about uh you know deep topics i want to talk about a deep topic i'm gonna go sit in there there's somebody in the chat room for casual fun conversations i'm gonna go sit in there hopefully that creates a space so that anytime we're feeling bad or feeling great we have somebody to connect with and we can work together and build together. All right. Perfect. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate all that. And um, yeah, thank you for creating that space. You know, yeah. nobody can step into a space that's not open. So thank you for opening a space. Thank you for feeling whatever energy I was putting out there and being receptive to it. You know, if nobody was, I'd probably be taking a step back again right now. Yeah. Right. But right. No, I get that. Look forward to uh, keeping in touch and hearing from you again in the future. Cool. Good luck. Right. Good luck. Thank you Bye -bye. so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, hey, everybody. Just so you know, if you're not familiar with Discord, you have to be invited in order to be able to use it. And those invites expire, those links expire after 24 hours. So if you want to be able to contact Chi, just go ahead and reach out to him on his Instagram at infinite Chi. That's at I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E underscore C underscore H underscore I. Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me at 586-405-7618. Or you can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S-T dot M-E. This is Dr. Francis saying, enjoy, have fun, and until next time.